How are you out there? Amen. Uh, first service, when I got, by the time I got to the pulpit and we had all the words of encouragement and stuff, I, I just sent the people home because we had enough church already. <laughs> but uh, no, I preached what God gave me. But this morning, let's get our Bibles out. Happy Mother's Day. We're going to focus on you today, Mom, and give you a message from the heart of God, from the Word of God. Let's just thank God for the Word this morning. Father, we thank you for the Word. Father, that what you have given us in these 66 books is from cover to cover, revelation of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray today that you would encourage the hearts of our mothers today by the word and that they would catch a glimpse of your heart for them and they would be encouraged. We ask this in Jesus' name and the church said, amen. Well, how did Mother's Day come to be? Most of us, uh, unless you're really, really old, have always had Mother's Day as part of our culture. In fact, when we talk about the origins of it, we can trace it back in the West here to an activist named Anna Jarvis, who started Mother's Day in 1908. Now, I don't know how I don't know how old that would make you if you were born before that, but I'm trusting pretty much everybody here has grown up with Mother's Day, man. It's been part of our culture, part of the fabric of our society. Anna started this to honor the mother she worked with and saw every day that they would lay down their lives and work so hard, and she wanted a special day to honor them. Now, President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day a national holiday at the behest of Anna, and in 1914, it became a national holiday for us in the West, and we've known it ever since. And you might think, well, I've heard some people say, Pastor, you know, why don't you just, you know, preach whatever, but let's not, this is a holiday, this is secular, it's not. No, I want to tell you something, Anna and Woodrow didn't come up with the idea of honoring our mothers. And so we dedicate an entire service to it once a year because really it's God's idea. In Exodus 20:12, the fifth commandment commands us to honor the father and the mother that our days may be long on the earth that the Lord gives us. So it's the first commandment that comes with promise. If you honor your father and your mother, God will bless you and give you long life in the land that he's put you. That sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? And at the same time, we, we've got to honor them. So this wasn't a national holiday or it wasn't an idea of an activist, but it was God's idea that not just one day a year, but every day of the year that we would honor our fathers and our mothers. So today we take a special day to honor them. Now, the Apostle Paul reaffirmed the Old Testament commandment in the New Testament. In Ephesians six twelve. he said, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So it's not an Old Testament thing. It's also a New Testament thing. And Paul reminds us of the promise. If we honor them, the blessing of God will reside on our lives and we'll have long life and peace in life. There again, God's idea to honor you today, Mom. And so we take a Sunday service to do just that. Now, as I prayed about what to share here, I've been doing this a long time, preaching Pastor Mike, and I think I've covered every mother in the Bible. I can't find any more mothers in the Bible. And so I'm like, Holy Ghost, what's going on here? I'm out of mothers. And he goes, tell them five things that every mother needs to know. So we're going to look at five things today that every mother needs to know. Number one, the first thing every mother needs to know is this. Mom, you are a blessing. Come on. Amen. Let her know. Mom, you are a blessing. Mothers are a blessing. Listen to Proverbs 31, 28. Her children will rise up and call her blessed. 
her husband also, and he praises her. This is a model of what God wants to go on in the family, amen? Children that have been nurtured and reared and raised and loved and, and kissed and hugged and bandaged for decades should honor their mother. Why? Because she is a blessing. Husbands, you don't get off the hook either. It's just I've heard some husbands say, well, you know, she's not my mother. She's the mother of your children. You honor her or I'll find you. You honor her because she is the mother of your children. And understand this. It says here what? That the children will rise up and call her blessed, but also what? That the husbands will praise her. Husbands, we need to praise our wives and thank them for all they do to make our house a home. Come on. We need to praise them and thank them for all they do to raise our children. What a blessing mothers are. And our children will rise up. Notice that it says will rise up. Sometimes children are a little bit slow to understand the gift they've been given in mom. Amen. If you have infants, they don't care what time it is. They will wake you up. If you have little ones, they're pretty demanding. We know. But eventually, your children are going to realize the blessing that they have in you, and they're going to rise up and call you blessed. Husbands, praise your wives for the mothers that they are. Now, it's impossible to express enough gratitude to our mothers for all the things they have done for us and have gone through with us over the years. Can I get an amen on that? It's impossible. I mean, words are not enough. I mean, it's just like, thanks, mom. I mean, that's not quite enough. It's a start, and it's a good thing to do, but, you know, there's got to be more than that. You are a blessing to us. I mean, think about the endless nurturing we've received from our mothers, the sleepless nights when we were infants, colicky. I don't even know what colicky means, but I think I was colicky. I hear the reports crying, needing attention, uh, the mountains of laundry our mothers have done for us over the years, amen? The only reason your clothes match and don't smell is because mom took care of you. All the dishes she did for you, the endless meals, meal after meal, day after day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, 15 snacks if you're Italian, 17 meals. They drove us everywhere, all our sports, baseball practice, everything. Mom was the taxi driver. The care we got when we were sick. Look, no matter how old you are, you still wish when you're sick, where's my mom? That chicken soup that has the Holy Ghost in it. It's better than penicillin. When we were scared, when we were sad, when we were discouraged as teenagers, when we were confused, our moms were there to console us and listen to us and counsel us. The patience, the attention that they gave us as little children, the stories, the endless stories they read to us, the wisdom and the tears and the prayers. Think about the prayers that our mothers have prayed for us. Some of us needed more prayer than others. But all of us are here because of our mother's prayers, amen? Look, if you're running away from God and you have a mother that's praying for you, I have advice for you. Just quit. You're not going to win. You've been better off trying to hold back the ocean with a bucket. A praying mother, a godly mother. Abraham Lincoln said that no man is poor who has a godly mother. There was a little boy 
And he had forgotten his lines in a Sunday school play at a really big church. And they were doing the play for the entire church. His mother was in the front row, and she was, as mothers do, prompting him. She's gesturing. She's forming words silently with her lips. But it didn't help. The boy had gone blank. Finally, she leans forward and whispers, I am the light of the world. And the boy got a big smile on his face. And with confidence, he belted out, my mother is the light of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Wrong line, kid. But you're absolutely right. To every child, their mother is the light of the world. You are a blessing. Whether it's expressed enough or not, whether you see it displayed in the behavior of your children when they're young or as they get to be teenagers, understand that you are a blessing. They will rise up and call you blessed. And husbands, you better be praising your wives because they are a gift not only to our children but to us. Number two, the second thing every mother needs to know is this. Mom, you are heard. Now you might think, well, that's a, that's a strange point. Well, really, when you dig in here, you understand that all of us want to be heard. Amen? Two people. Okay, let me try this again here. All of us want to be heard. When you ever go to a person to talk to them, I remember sitting in front of people that I'm talking to. I remember going to leaders that I'm pouring my heart out, and they're not paying attention to me. They're going through their mail. They're looking at their phone. I mean, the worst thing in the world is to to pour yourself out and to feel like I'm not being heard. Mothers, I want to encourage you today. You are being heard. Now, have you ever noticed something? I, I bet you can relate to this. Have you ever noticed that mothers are always talking? Some of you look surprised. Mothers are always talking. They never stop talking. My mom has been talking since I met her. We joke that she's going to speak at her own funeral. Right? Mothers are always talking. They never stop talking. They always have something to say. And I want you to know something. That's scriptural. Proverbs 31, 26 through 27. Proverbs 31, 26 says this. She opens her mouth. And there it is. They could have stopped right there. That's a complete sentence. She opens her mouth. And, and, and understand that when she opens her mouth, she has what? It says wisdom and loving instruction is in her tongue. Wow, that's a beautiful picture of a mother's voice. She watches over the ways of her household. Come on. Mom knows everything that's going on in the house where every missing thing is, where every piece of laundry, where every dirty shirt got crumpled up and hidden. (laughs) Except that one sock, right? The dryer ate that, Pastor Mike. Dryer is the devil. She watches over the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Always talking, always working, always doing something to make our lives better. She opens her mouth. Yeah, mom is always talking. It's scriptural. She has a lot to say. She has wisdom to share. She has loving instruction to give. She knows the answer to the question sometimes before you ask it. Mothers are always talking. And when they talk, many times they feel like they're not being heard or they're being ignored or their words are falling to the ground, or they're not being appreciated in what they're sharing, and what's being shared is not being applied to the lives of those they're speaking to. I want to encourage you today, Mom. 
you are being heard. Whether those around you acknowledge it or not, whether they'll thank you for it at this moment or not, your words do not come out of you by the Holy Spirit in vain. They will accomplish the purpose that God put them in your mouth for. I want to assure you three things about the fact that you're being heard. Number one, your children hear you. Now, I know they're really good at pretending they don't hear you. You know, when, when dinner's ready, they can hear that if you blew it through a dog whistle, right? But when you say clean up your room, they, they're deaf. But your children, they hear you. And I want to say something to you about that. Don't stop speaking to them. They need to hear what God has put in your mouth. One mother was asked, she was a mother that had three very notoriously rambunctious boys. And she was asked, if she had it to do over again, would she have children? And she said, yes, just not these three. <laughs> I know it feels like that sometimes. But they, those little savages, they're listening. Amen. I was that little boy, man, covered in poison ivy, frogs in my pockets, all, all kinds of dirty. My mom would have to hold, go hose yourself down. Don't even come. And no, I, listen, God knows what he's doing. He knows who he gave you. And they're listening to you whether they acknowledge it or not. It may take time. You may have to repeat yourself. We know you don't mind. But by repetition and persistence or by osmosis, it's going to get in there. So, mom, don't stop talking. Number two, I want to assure you that what you're teaching them will bear fruits. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not reject your mother's teaching, for they will be a garland of grace on your head and a gold chain around your neck. It's our mother's teaching, their instruction, their wisdom, their nurturing that becomes something that decorates us, that, that gives us dis, a distinguished look. Our mother's teaching is something that gets in us whether we like it or not. Why? Because she's always talking and it's getting in there and it will produce fruit. Realize something, mom, you are your child's first teacher. They're going to have a lot of teachers and you think maybe teachers that are more qualified to teach than you, but the truth is you're the most qualified teacher for your child. You know them better than anyone else except for God. So what you teach them will eventually bear fruit. We learn discipline from our mothers, responsibility. We learned honesty. Listen, when we stole the cookie or took something we weren't supposed to and dad was at work, who taught us about honesty? Come on, our mothers did. They taught us how to be compassionate. They taught us how to be, you know, loving. And we learned from them as they nurtured us how to be a productive, civilized member of society. We learned compassion from our mothers. We get our first taste of faith from our mothers. As they read us stories from Scripture, as they share with us principles from God's word as they just mother us. We learn from them and they teach us. And eventually, what they teach us will produce fruit. I want to say one last thing about you being heard. Maybe you feel like your children don't hear you sometimes. Maybe you feel like what you're teaching them right now is not being accepted. But I want you to know that God is also listening to you. 
God hears your prayers. God hears your petitions. He hears the cry of your heart. Mom, don't stop talking. You are being heard by God. And children need somebody praying for them. I think of Hannah, Samuel, the prophet's mother. Before he was even conceived in her womb, she was praying and petitioning God to open up her womb and to give her a son. She was in the, uh, she was in the holy place there, and the priest is looking at her, and she was so intense that the priest is like, this woman is drunk. So perceptive he was. She says, I'm not drunk. I'm desperate for God, and I'm praying. And God did hear her prayer, and he heard her desperation, and he opened up her womb, and out came the most incredible prophet of the Old Testament, Samuel, the first prophet, the last judge, a mighty man of God who walked in integrity all the days of his life. God hears your prayers, mom. He heard the prayer of Jacob, Rachel's wife, over and over again. You can go through the Old Testament where desperate women would pray, and God would hear and move on their behalf. In Genesis 30, starting in verse 5, it said, And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Listen to verse 6. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has heard my voice and given me a son. So here's a woman praying, and, and God does things a little differently here. But she understood that her prayer was heard, and her blessing was sent by God. Never stop praying, Mom. Never stop talking. Even if you feel like it's a monologue, they're listening. It'll get in them, and it will produce fruit. So open up your mouth and speak what God puts in it. Number three, the third thing I want you to know today is this. Mom, you are valuable. Now, our society has increasingly tried to devalue women who stay at home and raise their children. In fact, Feminism preaches this doctrine that it's below a woman to stay home and sacrifice a career and waste her time raising children. Come on, we know that that's out there. And, you know, we know that it affects our ladies. But the scripture tells us something different. It is a great honor. It's a great uh, investment to pour yourself into your family. And it doesn't make you less. It makes you more. If you have the opportunity to do that and you make that choice, God bless you today. And God bless all the women who have to work and come home and some of them single mothers who work two jobs and still mother and nurture. But what I want you to know today is regardless of what society says, you are valuable. Now, wouldn't it be great in our culture if instead of trying to degrade mothers that chose to be mothers and mother their children, that instead they would be celebrated? There was a pastor's wife who told the story of sitting in a pediatrician's office and filling out forms. You know, you've been at the doctors, you've seen them, they hand you a clipboard with enough forms on it. I mean, by the time you're done filling out those forms, you don't even know who you are anymore. So mom's sitting in there, she's filling out the clipboard. She gets to the blank marked occupation. Now for stay-at-home mothers, this is always a dicey box to fill in. In that box were the words, if you devote the greater part of your time to loving, caring, and making a home for your family, Put a big star in this space. That's the heart of God. And we celebrate you today for all of you who sacrificed many things to stay and to nurture your children. You have made a difference and you are very valuable. It's also commonplace in our 
Western culture to throw our elderly to the curb when they become inconvenient, that our society doesn't want to make a sacrifice to care for our parents in their old age. My mom jokes, she says, in the Eskimo culture, they put the old people on blocks of ice and float them out to sea. She would say, that's what I want you to do to me, right? We're not doing that to you, mom. But we need to care for our mothers. We need to honor our fathers and our mothers. And part of honoring them is caring for them. They cared for us. They sacrificed for us. They took care of us. We should care for them. Someone say something. Amen. Jesus literally demonstrates caring for his mother from the cross. In John 19, 26, when Jesus saw his mother there, look who's there. There's not too many people at the foot of the cross, but mom is there, risking life and limb, risking everything to see her son because her heart is broken. It said when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, now that's John, and this is the book of John, so John just said Jesus loved me the best. And the disciple that Jesus loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Now, Jesus took the time to make provisions and care and concern for his mother at his most tender moment in life. Could you think you're on the cross, you're nailed there, you're suffering, you're carrying the weight of the world's sin, you are estranged from your heavenly father for the first time because now you've become sin and the father can't look. And so there's all this going on for Jesus, yet he still takes time to take care of his mother. Now, if some of the ladies are out there going, well, isn't that just like a man who waits to the last minute? Come on, Jesus, you should have took care of that. What These men are something else. You know, for all of you who bought your Mother's Day card this morning and you're on that big line of shame in CVS trying to pick through what's left in the Hallmark section. Last minute. Let me tell you something. Jesus wasn't being a last-minute guy here. He did this at that moment on purpose to demonstrate how important it was so that we would get it. That God wants us to care for our mothers. So no block of ice for mom, but care and concern. Jesus modeled it, and our mothers are valuable. We need to understand that as we honor them, God honors us. The fourth thing I want to share with you today as we're moving through these five things that all mothers need to hear is this. Mom, not only are you a blessing, and not only are you heard and are valuable, but you are a powerful spiritual influencer. You are a powerful spiritual influencer. You will set the tone for your child's spirituality by how you demonstrate Jesus's importance in your own life. Now listen to me today. How a mother raises her child greatly impacts the way they turn out. Fathers have a huge role too. Most of the ills in our society are from fathers who have abandoned their children and have refused to father them, leaving the mother to do multiple roles that she can't do and support at the same time. But women, you set the tone. You are a spiritual influencer that has a huge impact on the way your children turn out. 
Now, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Notice, it's a promise for the future. Pour in, speak, open your mouth, put what God's put in your heart and speak it into them. But listen, when they get old, they're going to realize, they're going to remember, it's going to be an anchor for them. And these things will produce fruit in them. Why? Because your influence upon them is huge. Now, if you've ever observed a child's behavior and promptly concluded that they were well-raised, you know what I'm talking about. A child that says, please, and thank you, and yes, ma'am, and eats with utensils. Come on. All the byproduct of a good mom. You look at that child and go, that, that kid was raised right, amen? So, you know, sometimes they're, they're savages at home, but when they go outside, they, they represent well. And if you've seen a child like that, you can, you can tell that that child was raised well. Now, on the flip side here, if you've ever observed a child's behavior and found yourself willing to testify in open court that they were most probably raised by wolves, you get what I'm talking about. Some kids, you're like, man, who, ra- who raised? And now I understand there's some, sometimes mom and dad do their very best and Children make their own choices, but eventually what you pour into them is going to catch up with them because God's word says so. It's going to produce fruit, amen? So open your mouth and don't quit talking. You are an incredible spiritual influencer, and what you pour into them will impact the way they turn out. Now, I want you to know something else about your spiritual influence. Godly mothers can create a generational legacy of faith throughout the generations. Meaning, Mom, I want you to understand how significant you are. What you're pouring into your children is going to go into their children and into your grandchildren. And you're going to see what? A legacy of faith produced throughout the generations. This is so important that we understand this. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1.5, we see Paul speaking to Timothy, uh, who's a shepherd and called by God. But listen to the legacy of faith that Timothy inherited. In, in 2 Timothy 1.5, it says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. What an observation Paul makes here. Hey, Tim, you're quite an anointed guy, but you know what? I want you to know something. That anointing and that spiritual steadfastness, it started in your grandmother, and your grandmother reproduced it in your mother, and your mother has reproduced it in you, and now there's a legacy that's moved throughout the generations, a legacy of faith. What's that all about? It's about godly women using their spiritual influence to influence the next generations. The enemy wants to make you think what you say and do doesn't matter. Listen, even above all our mistakes and failures, no parent gets it right all the time. Maybe we've made great mistakes. Maybe we poured some wrong things in. God can turn that around instantly. Why? Because when they see, no matter how much we've messed up, if they can see God change our lives, they know that they serve a God who changes lives and covers mistakes and forgives sins and gives second chances. (laughs) We don't have to pretend to be perfect. We just have to be transparent enough to let God's goodness shine through us. So, Mom, you have this incredible potential to create a legacy of faith. What you pour into your children by your spiritual influence will be reproduced in the generations to come. One last thing I want to cover here about a mother's spiritual influence, 
And that's God asks the veteran mothers to train the next generation of mothers. Now, as a pastor and a shepherd, I teach the full counsel of God's word. I, I train and I teach. I teach people the roles uh, for husband and wife. Kim and I have done marital counseling with people. It's getting on 30 years. We've seen a lot of things. But what we've seen, and to a great deal, is that we're seeing men who are unprepared to be husbands and women unprepared to be wives. Now it's quiet. And why is that? Because they haven't been trained. Or maybe they haven't received the training that they got. They've rejected it. Why? Because the world says, no, 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 no. None of that applies. You can do whatever you want. There's no rules. There's no roles. There's no expectations from heaven. And the truth is, fathers have to train boys to be men and husbands. And, And now... In our society, sometimes it stops there because women pretend as if their daughters are perfect angels with no problems. Come on, I've seen your Facebook posts. I'm coming through the screen. We're working on the technology. You have to prepare that girl to be a wife and a mother. Too many times, and you can hear my wife on the front row, amen. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do this. I don't want to listen to no man. And they got the neck crank going. Help us, Jesus. But moms, even more than me, you have the influence. Why? They'll listen to you because you are a mother. God asked the veteran mothers to train up the next generation of mothers. Listen to Titus 2, 3 through 5. Older women, I'm sorry, God's word, not mine. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor consuming much wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women, there it is, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, in subjection to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. That's a big responsibility, ladies. It's not all my responsibility. I ask for your help today. Men, train your sons. Women, train your daughters. The Lord has commissioned us to do it. And mom, you have a great spiritual influence. They will listen to you. And even if they try it the wrong way, they're going to remember the right way after they've tried it the wrong way and it didn't work. God's way works. You are a powerful spiritual influencer. Use your influence for the kingdom of God. Number five, and I close with this. You, mom, are the best example of God's unconditional love. If you want to see the best earthly example of God's unconditional love, you only have to look at a mother. It's been said before. I've said it before. You've heard it before. Nobody loves you like your mother. She's the one who nurtured you, who fed you, who got up to take care of you, who kept your dad from selling you on eBay. She's the one. My mom used to joke, she would say, you know, a a baby is born and the mother says, what a treasure. And the father says, let's bury it. Father's Day's coming, but it's the ladies' day today, right? Nobody loves you like your mother. And God knows that the sheer joy of a mother's love sets the tone in a child's life. When you know a mother's love, you see an example of God's love, and everything falls into place better. Things become exponentially more difficult if that mother's love is missing. 
I want you to understand something. And you know this, no matter what you've done, your mother will always love you. No matter what you look like. I've seen kids, man, I mean, you're just like, oh, he's so handsome. Look, if your mom, I mean, your mom's going to tell you, look, good. get a second opinion. But I mean, the little, oh, you're so, you're so, they're going to always celebrate you. They're, thank God for those rose-colored glasses, amen, of a mother's love. You know, no matter how lackluster your performance at something is, amen, you know, the kid on the baseball team strikes out every time. You, you look so good in your uniform. You know, mom's always got encouragement. They learn the lingo. Good cut, good cut. They're asking their husband, what's a cut? What's a but she's always going to cheer for you and believe in you and notice you. No matter how many times you've botched it up or blown it in life, you know you can come to your mother, and she's still going to think you're terrific. You know what? And that's how our Heavenly Father is. And that's why mothers are a great example of God's unconditional love. God sees us. He celebrates us. He cheers for us. He roots for us. He clears the path for us. He sees the best in us. And he encourages us, just like our moms do. Mom, you're a reminder of God's agape love, his unconditional commitment to us. And we're thankful for that today. Isaiah 66, 13 says this, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. This is God saying, you want to know how I'm going to comfort you? Like a mother does. You see that? The example that he's using is the best one we have. A mother's love is much like God's unconditional love. As a mother confronts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted, O Jerusalem. So God over his people, comparing the way he ministers to his people to the way God uses mothers to minister to us, the best example of unconditional love can be found in our mothers. Mom, you are a blessing today. What you said is being heard, so don't stop talking. You are valuable. You should be celebrated. You should be praised for what you do to make our house a home and our families blessed. You are powerful spiritual influencers. Use your influence to influence the next generation of children and of mothers. And you are the best example of unconditional love the world can see in people. Today, I want to show a Mother's Day blessing clip for you to, to listen to. Uh, please turn it up so everybody can hear it. Enjoy this today and let it minister to you. Mom, we appreciate you today. Today is a unique day, and it's far bigger than we think because there are many different kinds of mothers, and all are being honored today. For the mother who's chosen to stay at home while her children are little, may your patience be great and your influence even greater. For the single mom who never planned on doing this alone, may you be consistently strengthened by your Heavenly Father, and may you hear His voice singing over you. For the mother who strives to balance work outside the home with love inside the home, may you be given energy, validation, and hope as you make the leap from one world to another every day. For moms who had poor mothers themselves, but who now refuse to let that pattern repeat itself, may the godly legacy you've started be carried on for generations to come. 
For mothers with grown adult children, may today be filled with laughter and joy, and may you experience deep satisfaction and fulfillment. For women who have no biological children of their own, but who mother younger women as mentors, may you understand your role as a calling from God and as a transformation of their hearts. Today is a unique day, so for all the mothers we mentioned, and even those we didn't, be blessed, be honored, be filled with joy. You are making the world a better place because you're filling it with a love that only a mom can give. Happy Mother's Day. I'd like to get all the mothers to come forward this morning. We have a gift for you. Gonna, I'm going to have Pastor Mike speak a blessing over you this morning. And as they come, let them know that we appreciate them. Amen. Yeah, you're not a mother. Don't stand with them. You get confused. Come on, guys. Let's... Come on, guys. Stand up. Come on, men. Amen. Come on, don't fade. Yes. I want to second what Pastor Rick said this morning, that the altar never looked more beautiful than it does right now. Amen. And he had, he had a request. That's not on me, on him. He said it. I'm just repeating yeah, it. on him. But anyway, uh, you are a blessing, and you need to know that. And so we want to bless you. And so, men, if you'll stretch your hands this, towards the ladies. Father, thank you for moms. Yes. Thank you for their tenacity. Thank you for their toughness. Thank you for their gentleness. Thank you for their encouraging words. Thank you for their strong words. Lord, we thank you that you have given us mothers. And you've given us mothers to just give us generations and, and, and to propel life and to hold life and to sustain life. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless them today. Bless them spiritually. Bless them emotionally. Bless them physically. Bless them financially. We bless, we ask for the single moms in this house that they fear not, for the Lord your God is your husband. He is your maker. He is your provider. And you do not need to fear. You do not need to be discouraged nor dismay. All you need to do is lift up your voice and shout that your husband in heaven will take care of every need you have and that you walk in his peace. We ask your blessings upon these moms, Lord, Lord and we ask you to strengthen them and guide them and encourage them. And we thank you, as men in this house, we thank you for these ladies, we thank you for these moms, we thank you for their work here and their work at home. Bless them every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.